Go downstairs. I have a surprise for you. She looked in the mirror, and I don't know why, but she said his name the last time. Candyman. She turned out the lights. Welcome to the Stinky Cast. TJ is terrifying. Frank is freaky. Bart Gold loves Halloween. Bags is a nightmare. Bobby is a spooky, spooky, spooky ghost. Jane is psychotic. Weasel is roadkill. Rusto has risen from his grave. The kitchen is in the toilet. The table is wet. Watch out. Listen carefully. I'm whispering glass from the red wall. Come with me and be immortal. Be my about this bided teeth is absolutely nothing. I'm just wondering, is the, re- the rest of Brent's team going to show up? I was wondering if the rest of his team going to show up anytime soon. Hey, Brent, this is Booty. Fuck you. Your team is fucking a hot, steamy bag of garbage. Oh, Booty's team having problems. Oh, to episode 9 of season 3 of the Stinky Cast, Trick or Treat. And we have a very frightening episode lined up for you this week. And Brent, it was a bit of a little shop of horrors on the field this week in the actual games. We had a pretty wide uh, disparity in scoring this week in every game, and that has really accentuated the disparity that we have formulating right now within the stinky standings. We will get to that and much, much more in this special spectacular episode of the Stinky Cast. But Brent, I know this is your favorite episode of the year. So first partner, welcome in. Thanks, Jay. And like you said, welcome, Stinky, to what is my favorite episode of the year, the Halloween Spooktacular. The good news for everyone 
you made it through the bye week from hell. The bad news, some people started a fire last week, so you better be ready for the smoke. You can't take the heat out of that kitchen. That's right, Stinky. We have tricks, like Jay said. We have treats. We have fits of pure, unbridled rage from last week. We have horrors and suspense, ghosting and rodents, curses and voodoo. You'll be crying in fright by the end of this episode, and I'm ready to raise some hell. So let's step right into this house of horrors and start it off with Frankie's Feedback Corner. Fuck you, Stinky Nation. My IQ is higher than everyone's. My kale salads makes me smarter than all of you. You are all mental weak compared to me. My shitsburg friends are smart just like me. That trade is bullshit. Collusion. Wah. Fuck you, Brent, you woke-ass fag. All right, we have a, we have a robot, anonymous robot, to start off the, the feedback this week. And, I mean, it, it was clearly an attack on some of the, the rage that was going on this uh, this past weekend, and I, I think it might be at you. An anonymous robot from Steve Durazio. Yes, very, very, <laughs> extremely anonymous. I, I honestly have no idea who could who that could have been. Uh, er, Steve. Um, yeah, Brent. I, you know, I didn't really like that trade. I'm not enamored with it. Uh, you know, I, I don't. Not a lot of people see the the C suite chain. Obviously, I went berserk on the C suite chain at like midnight on Wednesday when that trade went through. Uh, and then at that point I vanished all day Thursday. Basically I was like, I'm just gonna not, I didn't, I didn't leave the chain. I just muted both chains. And I told myself, I'm not gonna go back in to either chain until Tuesday because Joey had a player on Monday. And if I win, I'm going to be the most obnoxious sore loser in the history of civilization. That was my game plan. I didn't execute it as I came back into the main chain on like whatever it was, Friday or Saturday, and just went berserk on a couple people in the main chain too. So all's well that ends well. We'll get into the recaps. But yes, I did not like that trade. I was not happy with Joey Bags or PRB for about 72 hours. (laughs) So you're good now. You're you're, I'm you're good. back. Okay, all right, good. Yeah, good now. That, all right, so that we can we can move on past that. I'm sure you're gonna bring it up in the future at some point if something happens. But for now, like you said, let's let's move on. Great call from the anonymous Steve Robot there, and uh, let's see what else we got here. Sticky Nation, we're getting lit in Vegas, baby. I mean, we knew we were gonna get some calls from inside the Death Star in enemy territory with the with the March of the Bad Gays playing. And we knew we were going to get some some wet, strong calls from Steve during this game. Yeah, this was this was a pretty this is like a, a Steve centric week, I feel like, because I mean, hell, why wouldn't it be? He was in like the the party center of the universe. I mean, probably no place better for Steve Durazio to be with his penchant for Troy and energy and, and, you know, strip clubs and everything. It was, it's just like a perfect storm for that guy. I mean, I don't honestly know why he doesn't have a second house there at this point, but uh, a strong, 
uh, amount of calls by Steve on the feedback corner. And like you said, quite frankly, I was expecting it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm jealous. That that place looks awesome. I, I wish I was there uh, for that game, even though it was a loss for the Eagles. But it sounds like it didn't matter to him. He had a blast. Let's get to the next one. Esteban Dorazio coming to you live from Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh man, you know when this one came in, it was he even labeled it. Uh, he must have been so jacked up on Troy at the time. He, I think he shazammed the song that was playing, and the title of the call that came in was the name of the song that was playing in the background. I don't remember exactly what it was. I'll have to double check. But it's some it's some Spanish song. But as you heard, it, it was it was the Esteban tie-in there. So that what I said about Troy. I think it all loops together in this in this very, very high energy call. I love it. And I love the Esteban. I hope we get more Esteban. Obviously, that's been like a nickname of Steve throughout the year. Uh, I think I'm not quite sure exactly how or when it originated. I think he might have been in Mexico at one point. And also, as we know, he's extremely PRB. late. Right. PRB. And so I, I guess he was in Mexico, but also he never works. So, you know. <laughs> So I think maybe that that that's like a both kind of coincided to create Esteban. But I, I like to actually hear from Esteban. I would like him to become a recurring caller if possible. I do. I do like the Esteban character. Let's let's get more Esteban in here. It's it definitely brings a lot a lot of energy. So uh, all right, next uh, next up in the feedback corner. Stinky Nation. It is now. 3 a.m. And we are drenched here at the Spearman Rhino. I'm talking head to toe drenched. I'd just like to point out that there are no kitchens, but there are only tables. Oh, man, we have a table dance at Spearmint Rhino. I mean, what, do you, what time did you say it was? Was it 3.15 or something like that? Yeah, it was after 3. And, I mean, Brent, he alludes to, like, wetness. But, honestly, the energy sounds quite low. Not from him. I mean, from the surroundings that he was in. I mean, have you heard, like, a strip club sound that quiet? Like, how is that call so audible? Like, I don't understand... There just doesn't seem to be a lot going on in the background. I mean, Steve was probably bundling up $1 bills and throwing them at people across the bar. But uh, I, was he the only cat in that bar at that time? I think he was the only cat in the handicap stall. I think that's why <laughs> the music was kind of muted. So there might have been a tie in there with the $1 bills, just not crumbled up, more like rolled up at that, that point. That, that's a fair point. But I have a follow up for Steve. Was there a door? on the stall because there isn't one on the stall in, in our favorite Philadelphia strip club show and tell. I mean, I'm sure that was for a reason. Uh, you know, there's probably too many offenses of, uh, of people in those bathrooms, but I, you know, I think the, the Spearmint Rhino is a classy joint. I think they probably have a nice plush handicap stall. We'll have to follow up with Esteban and find out what the situation is there. Yeah. If anyone would know it's Esteban. <laughs> Absolutely. 
All right, we got we have one more for you lined up in the feedback section here. Have you ever had a dreams that that you um you had you 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 could you do you you want you you could do so you you do you could you you want you want him to do you so much you could do anything? And we mm. have we, you know I for this came in very late in the day today. I didn't think I thought Booby was hiding. I didn't think we were going to get anything from him. And there we have Booby placing another character into the feedback corner there. He's sounds like he's kind of stumbling over his words a little bit. Doesn't really know what to say, but he he still has a dream. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and guess that that actually is not a booty call. That's just well, the, me taking a stab in the dark, but there is video. There's footage. There's a video. Yes, it's yeah. a video call that came in. So we I, I can send the video out to the WhatsApp when you know after this, this this episode goes out, so we can all see the video. Brent, I am I've not been so sure of many things in life as I am that you're going to send the video out. So that is that's <laughs> definitely something that, that that the listeners can look forward to. But yeah, I, I'm not sure that that was Booty. I'm going to guess no. We got we got a number of calls from him last week. I I'm guessing we we did not get that call from him this week. But he, you know maybe if he if he's frequenting the WhatsApp chain, uh, you know in the next few days he can let us know. Yeah, we'll 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 see about that. But I think that's let me check with Demontrez. That's it. Yep, that's all we have for the feedback this week. So we can move on to Jay. I think we have something else to talk about here before we get to the recaps. Yeah, Brent. As the listeners know, uh, we are a very creative bunch here at the Stinky Cast. We've we have a number of original pro- products uh, projects. I'm sorry, underway. Uh, you know, we had a number of, of films come out uh, last year to various streaming applications. And uh, the creative team here at the Stinky Cast actually has a new animated uh, cartoon network uh, show coming out, uh, you know, this fall. So, um, Brent, I, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty excited to see this show. Yeah, we can actually roll the the uh, intro for the for this cartoon that we that we signed on for uh, right here. You don't need pants for the victory dance, cause baboon's better than weasel. I are baboon, big star cartoon. I am weasel. Gentlemans. Oh, him. Very good. Classy. I mean, Jay, wow. I cannot believe they they took our script for the I am Weasel, and then we added the IR baboon, which is kind of like a play also on Weasel. We just broke it into two characters. We had we had some top of the line animators put this all together, and and there it is. We have I am Weasel. IR baboon. I mean, you should all be proud, Stinky Nation, as you know, you all played a part in putting this together. Yeah, I'm pumped up, Brent. I can honestly, I can smell an Emmy probably in our future. So, uh, you know, I'm excited to share the stage. We'll be like uh, Damon and Affleck when they won uh, the Oscar for Goodwill Hunting. That's probably going to be us in about a year. Yeah, I can't wait, Jay. It's going to be fantastic. So, I don't know if you mentioned it in the intro, but we do also have an interview with none other than Barco coming up in the B block. So after the recaps, you know, keep your appetites nice and wet 
because that is coming up. Yeah, B is for Barca this week. Uh, it was a great, great to check in with him with uh, the, you know, the B team. B for Barco, B team auctioneer. It was great, great to check in. So absolutely, Brent, I'm excited uh, to, to get into that and to, to hear what Barco has to say. But uh, we have a pretty, pretty tasty slate of uh, recap games here, Brent, um, to go through as well as the ramifications on our head-to-head pickoff. Yeah, that is actually getting very close. Let's just get started going through the games here. And, you know, I think we're going to start this one off with the Frankie Freak Squad versus Draft Weasel game. Frank was getting pretty chesty on Monday night about this game. So let's see what, let's see what we have here. Well, Brent, this was an absolute obliteration. There's no, I mean, there's nothing else to be said about this. There was a lot of lopsided games uh, this week. Honestly, all of them were basically complete and total blowouts. Teams winning by like 50, 70, 80, whatever. This was one of those such games. Frank continues to roll on this hot streak. I think it's, I think it's four or five straight wins now. Five. Uh, Five straight wins. So the Frankie Freak Squad start out 0-2 and has not lost since. And he is just steamrolling, I mean, really good teams. I mean, he's beaten me along the way, TJ along the way. Uh, so obviously, uh, the Draft Weasel Part 2 here, not necessarily one of those world beaters that we've seen uh, at the upper end of, of the standings this year. He's He's been a pretty uh, regular fixture into those that bottom four of the HSSR standings. And this week was not a banner week for him. He had, obviously, the the main portion of his team and Dak Prescott was on on by, and then he was missing his his all-everything running back as well. And that really correlated to a putrid-looking week on the field for him. 83 points. I mean, he gets a negative .7 from a positional player. Brent, that's hard to do. Like, you can still kind of squeak out a negative on defense, even with our, our rules changes that we enacted. But to see a negative from a positional player – that's pretty bad. And when you go down the rest of the way, I mean, he had someone with one and a half. He had guys like six, five, four point nine. I mean, there's really nothing good to be said about this performance other than Mac Jones actually had a pretty good game uh, in spelling of of uh, Dak Prescott. On the other end, though, uh, you know, Frank just continues without Josh Allen. I'm thinking, yo, my mouth is watering. I'm thinking like this could be. The week to get back, because Frank was up by like three or four points on me after last week. I'm thinking, okay, I, I think I could maybe catch up a couple points here, make up, re-leapfrog Frank. But he just continues to, to find a way here. The Buccaneers' defense are getting really good matchups right now, manifested to a 26 spot. When you get near 30 on your defense, you're probably going to have a good week. But the two a pickup. Already three out of three on first down. This is the biggest. Catch made into the end zone. That's going to be a touchdown, Miami and Isaiah. Which, I mean, I had Tua early on. I was going to stash him to the bye week. Stupid me dropped him. It looks like, you know, he might be finding a groove here. He had a nice 35 and just really a pretty sound, uh, well-rounded game of scoring for Frankie. This guy, he's here to play, Brent. He's a fixture in these top four, I think. Frank is a Super Bowl contender this year. Yeah, Jay, I mean, I have I have some things to say about this matchup along with what you said here. I'll start it off. As far as Weasel goes, he couldn't manage his team out of a wet paper bag. Even with those little rodent paws, he wouldn't be able to rip the bag open. He's out here playing red light, green light, while everyone else is playing checkers or chess. Green light.
I mean, if this was Squid Game, he'd be one of the first numbers off the board. Honestly, though, it's like the same story every year. He, you know, it doesn't matter who, whose players he weasels at the draft because he folds like a Walmart lawn chair in season-long strategies, whether it be turning into the IR baboon that we talked about or just his flat-out lack of foresight and fab budgeting and, and bidding skill. I mean, look, I fully expect him to be back where he belongs, competing for a turd-ridden toilet finish. I mean, his dreams of being a honey badger, but, you know, he's the harmless, punchless weasel. We all know he is. On top of all that, he takes a jab at me saying Allen Robinson is shitty this year. Well, you know, he is, but guess guess what, weasel? You paid $22.5 million at the draft for Calvin Ridley, who oh. is taking a dump down there at wide receiver 48 overall. Oh. 48 overall, only with 13 more points than Allen Robinson, who costs much less than him. So, you know, next time you open your weasel mouth, make it wider and get ready to suck a dick. But on the <laughs> other side here, I have some things about Frank here. He's really breaking through. Like you said, he's been kind of stuck in neutral for his whole career. And he's finally found a way to shift into high gear this year. His draft strategy was solid. His season fab management has been sharp. You know, I'm not sure what did it, but this guy's morphed into like Freddy Krueger and is like haunting the dreams, like you said, of nearly every opponent that dare sleep on him. It's it's like it's as if like the strength of the crypto market has given him this confidence needed to make these like big dick moves. And sometimes all it takes is that confidence. Unlike watching the weasel. Trying to hit on chicks. I mean, Jay, we saw it in Naples. It, it was awkward and limp watching that that display. But, you know, Frankie's freak squad is out here taking numbers and munching box. Bitcoin is through the roof. Frank is out here taking dumps on Booty's team and WhatsApp. And we don't hear a word back from him about Bitcoin tanking anymore. Things have, you know, just been in the palm of Frank's hand. Great. I mean, just, yeah, just a great performance. Bad performance by Tucci. Obviously, these two teams going in different directions. And, uh, you know, I don't, who's up next for Frank? We'll, we'll look at that later on in the show. Brent, I think we have a pretty tantalizing matchup with you uh, this week. Two, two really good teams heading in the right direction. So look forward to that preview. But whose game do you want to look at now from last week? Well, it's tough because, like you said, a lot of them were all pretty much blowouts. Like, there's no real, like, you know, crazy game that came down to Monday night. I mean, all the, all the, I feel like all the primetime games this week suck too. Like, from Thursday with the Browns game to the Sunday night game to the Monday night game, they all kind of suck, leaving, you know, no real, you know, highly competitive games here. But let's move on to the Durazio versus Schwarz game here, since we heard a lot from Durazio in the feedback corner. So let's cover that game here real quick. Yeah, Brett, this was uh, another just another blowout. It was a 50-point win here just about. Um, you know, Schwarz, just uh, he obviously can't catch a break this year at all. He's 1-6 now. He's the only 1-6 team in Stinky. Uh, really just can't get out of his own way. The The quarterback situation is absolutely abysmal for this guy. Woof. Woof. I mean, Brent, look at this. Two points from his starting quarterback. Uh, you know, obviously Lawrence didn't play. And then, I mean, nothing else to speak of. He dropped, obviously, Fields. I don't know. Look, speaking of the trade that the the big, field, uh, you know, Hurts trade, like, was this guy involved? I don't know. No one wants to talk about who else was involved, possibly. W what is this guy doing with quarterback? Yeah, he's, I mean, this looks like an absolute toilet bowl contender. Um, I mean, he got some pretty decent performances otherwise. But when you get two points out of your quarterback, 
it's just not going to happen for you. <laughs> you know, you're just not going to get a win. Tyler Lockett has completely fallen apart uh, with, with the, I mean, remember what he was doing early on in the season, Brent, he's completely fallen off the map with, oh, with, the, Rock, I mean, with the Wilson injury. He started off with 32 and 39 in the first two weeks, and he hasn't broken double digits since then. Excruciating. Just, just a, a major fall um, in a number of areas. He gets, he makes, Schwarz makes a phenomenal play on the fab market, Brent. We see him pick up De'Ernest Johnson and give him the start. Gets him 27 to start the week, and he ends with 93. Just just not good. And on the other end, you know, Drazio, speaking of the negative points and how you can still kind of squeak a negative out here or there, he gets the negative one from the Bears. So not much help there, but he had some pretty big games along the way. Pitts, Kyle Pitts is looking like he's becoming what all of the pundits and experts were speculating early on in the season. Ryan comes out firing and floats. And almost to Kyle Pitts with a one-arm grab that flag down. An excellent route run by the tight end Pitts. Isn't it amazing, though? He has that breakout game in London a couple of weeks ago against the Jets. And now all of a sudden the confidence. And that's the biggest thing. We all know who Kyle Pitts is. Looking like he's going to become what Durazio paid, whatever it was, 16 or 17 million for. He's really rounding into to form here. He's 14. looking like a yeah, I mean, he's looking like a top two or three tight end to me, I think, in fantasy football. Maybe a top, the top tight end if, if his usage stays like this. Cooper Cup, look, I'm not going to dwell on it. The guy's having the greatest season ever. Not just the greatest fantasy season ever. Like, he's doing stuff that even prime Randy Moss wasn't doing. This is absolutely bananas how good of a run this guy's on. This is what I was expecting from Robert Woods. Whoops, I picked the wrong guy. Credit to Durazio for picking the right guy and getting this incredible performance that is just really hoisting his weekly scores. And then Murray, just kind of an average, casual 30-point game. Durazio, I say, look, Frank is a consistent, you know, steady Super Bowl contender. So is Durazio. This guy, I've been saying it since week one. This guy has all the right stuff. This is just a healthy, like, average 140-point game for him. And he's, I mean, you're going to win most of your games when you're putting up these point totals. Yeah, I mean, Cooper Cup hasn't had less than double-digit targets in any game this season. I mean, poof, man, I would, if, you know, knowing that, I would, be, I would pay way more than $10.5 million for that at the draft. So, like you said, he is just, that, that is just carrying his team week in, week out. And, you know, Kyle Pitts, in order for him to deliver on value this year, he had to, like, break tight end records to to like be worth his his price tag and he is breaking rookie tight end records like as we speak here so you know that that was a big discussion in the offseason and it's it's really paying off here for Drazio on his march toward the playoffs here yeah his march towards the playoffs he's looking very good obviously uh and Schwarz we'll get into the rankings later on Brad um but Schwarz is marching towards the toilet unfortunately we'll we you know we'll recap that a little bit later on the show but uh, which uh, 50 to 70 point beatdown do you want to do you want to highlight next? Well, let, you know there was a lot of uh, fire and brimstone regarding uh, your your game with bags. Uh, so let's you know let's get right into that game. You were concerned that the trade was going to hand you a loss, and you know all, all it really gave him was like 31 points from between a quarterback and a receiver. So you know. Couple that with the fact that he started Amon St. Brown, got him zero. There's something clearly not right with Gibson. That injury is, is clearly holding him back. He only gets 6.6 .6 points. 
not enough from your, you know, your number one running back to get you through the week there. And, you know, the rest of his team, aside from maybe Packers D, all, pretty much all under-delivered here. And you just swept him away into an empty bag with that 139-81 to 81 win that you had. You had a great, another great performance from DeAndre Swift during Eckler's bye week, which is a nice week for that to happen for you. You get some respectable performances from Carter and Gaskin. And, you know, Brady doing Brady things. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a good week again, Brent. Like, I don't want to, like, poo-poo a 140-point game. Like, I and DeAndre Swift, like I continue to say, is the guy, the one guy I say continues to exceed my expectations. Brady, I'm just hoping that they can get healthy. He's missed two games from Antonio Brown. He's missed, like, four or five games from, from Ron, Gronkowski. And they're playing teams that can't freaking score. Like, he had four touchdowns at halftime. I'm salivating and drooling and expecting like a 50, 60 point game in this guy. Why? He just doesn't need it. They win 38 to three. It's just consistently every week. They're playing these bad teams. that can't find a way to score. It's going to happen this week. Again, they're playing the saints with great pass defense, cannot score. The box will easily win. I'll probably get like 25 to 30 from Brady. It is really curtailing my explosion games from Thomas. Um, but overall, you're right. I get, just good consistency from basically every position, which other than one week this year, that's kind of what my whole year has become. So, I yeah, I was worried. I didn't like any of my matchups this week. I thought it was going to be another low-scoring game, but DeAndre Swift kind of made sure that didn't happen. Uh, credit to him. And Bags just looks terrible. I mean, he, he dealt with a lot of bye weeks this week, but, I mean, this guy will review his standing as well when we look at, uh, you know, the HSSR standings. But, this guy's going, obviously, in the dead wrong direction. Uh, yeah, just another ho-hum 60-point victory here in a week of nothing but complete annihilations. Which one shall we look at next? Yeah, I mean, one thing I wanted to touch on real quick before we left that game is, Jay, you just moved to 6-1. and one. That's the best record in the league. Yeah, I mean, I, I like this. <laughs> look, I, it's, it's <laughs> nice to be 6-1, and one, obviously. Um I got, again, I think some tough matchups this week. I'm playing TJ, which is going to be a mega game, obviously. Um, TJ, obviously, we'll, we'll check out his game uh, here momentarily. He gets the loss this week. So, yeah, I'm the only 6-1 and one team left standing at this point. I'm still in the, the midst of the point race. But I would like to be, you know, I, the points will always mean more to me than the win-loss record. So um, the fact that I'm a, a little bit behind a couple teams here in the points, obviously, Hate to see it, but you know, I, I was missing. Um, you know, I was missing. I'm still I'm missing two receivers still that I think are going to be starters. Tony and Judy. I had Eckler, my best non-Brady player, on by. So to get 140 points, move to six and one, missing like probably three starters. I'll take it. I was just going to mention that Judy is looks like he's coming back this week, so you get another boost there. But all right, let's move on to the next game, like you said, and I guess we can move on to the highest scoring team of the week, which. Uh, last week I was told it was like a not fresh, uh, trash uh, that the team we're talking about is, is actually my team. I put up, uh, 170 points, despite all those things I just said, uh, that were not my quotes, but yeah, 170 leads the week against my table mate. Hate to see it. Stover, who's just struggling this year. He continues to struggle here. I, you know, and I, I cannot talk about this game without talking about how, I completely scapped myself with <coughs> completely scapped myself. Now, look, me and you talked about it. It was on paper yeah. the right move. But the one thing that I'll take away from Burrow being on my bench is that Burrow 
against the Ravens with that 50 points he put up on my bench. He he has moved into QB6 overall in Stinky, and he also showed that I think he's matchup-proof. I don't even have to think about my quarterback anymore every week because he just showed that, that if he can do it against a defense like the Ravens, then I have no need to take him out. But, you know, one of the, the key things in this matchup was Jay, Jamar Chase. Are you a god? <laughs> um, I, I would put him in at least he's in at least demigod standing right now in in his in his rookie year. Just absolutely bananas what he's doing. Um, and honestly, from a fantasy standpoint as well, he's had I mean, his low game this year is 10.7 points. So that's pretty damn good for a rookie. And I mean, he's had over 24 times and over 30, over 35 twice. So yeah, for a rookie wide receiver. Yeah. I I put, I put him in demigod standing. I mean that 80 yard touchdown he had against the Ravens. I don't know if you saw it, but it was a thing of, of beauty. A lot of noise. Good blocking on the screws. Chase found the, oh, there he goes. He had him in a blender and he's off to the races. This will be six. What a play. 82 yards. Yeah, that's, and look, he's having a good game anyway. Like, if you take that away, it's still, you know, a seven catch, 120 yard game. You know, that's still a good game anyway. But when you get one of those 80 yard touchdown boosters, that's like a 20 point game or 20, 25 point you know, play, depending if it gets you over, obviously, the 100-yard platform plateau. And, I mean, that just boosts you into, like, the stratosphere. When you get a 50-point game or a near 50-point game from a positional player, like, you're going to probably win your game pretty easily, which you did. Yeah, I mean, aside from that, despite the, the another horrible performance from Allen Robinson, the rest, of my, the rest of my squad delivered pretty healthily. Damian Harris being mm-hmm. strong there. McLaren, this is, this is essentially the week I thought I was going to have last week with those two receivers doing what they did. They just happened to do it the week after. So, you know, things happen that way in fantasy. But on the other side of the ball, I don't know what the answer is for Stover. He, I know he has a lot of injuries. You know, he could have started Herbert over um, over Mike Davis there. But, you know, Herbert was going against Tampa Bay. I can't blame him for benching him. I'm surprised he had 18 points there on his bench, to be quite honest. Yeah, it's tough. This is, I, you know, t- hate to see it, whatever, tough to watch it. Um, you know, Stover's, look, Stover to me is, is as good as anybody. I mean, to for all the accolades and everything uh, that people in this league has, have accomplished, I know Stover doesn't have the upper end, uh, necessarily the upper end resume that you or Booty have, but to go to the playoffs nine straight years, whatever it is, eight or nine straight years, that's as impressive as an accomplishment as anyone has in this league. I mean, for a, a league of 14 guys that know, by and large, know what they're doing, take this very seriously, you only get six teams to make that every year. And to, for him to be able to make it nine years in a row is an unbelievable, unbelievable accomplishment. And I'm not saying that it's over for him and that he's not going to be able to make the playoffs this year, but it's trending in the wrong direction and it's baffling to see it. Uh, you know, I didn't think that his team was overly bad looking coming out of the draft. Like I thought it was at the very least a middle tier team. Um, but yeah, to see him sitting here at two and five and where he's at in the points, it's pretty shocking to see. Yeah, definitely. He definitely has his work cut out for him to make that to continue that streak. But 
and it's going to be an uphill battle. But if there's someone that if there's someone that can do it, you know, I think I think he's one of the ones I would have confidence in being able to pull that off. Agreed. And Brad, before before we move on, I do want to say I we did you already touched on this happening, and I agree you made the right call. But I just wanted to welcome you to the club with me. Uh, <laughs> guys that have scapped themselves out of two hundred point weeks this week this year. Yeah, I mean, it was it was painful because knowing that I could have had an extra, I don't know, what is it, like 28 points, I, w- I would have been so close to that 200 barrier that no one has broken yet this year. No, it's been, I've I, again, I've scapped myself out of it. I think Spross has been close to it, maybe. You you would have been very close as well. Um, yeah, we still haven't seen a 200-point game. So, you know, TBD on that if it's going to come in the following weeks. And this is all during the worst bye week week of the season, most likely you see some of these high scores, which is pretty impressive, but we also see some low scores and, you know, another low score and another blowout. We have Booby only putting up 90 points and we have Barco blowing him out with 155 points. Booty keeps missing these big opportunities to solve this RB shit show. He's been in all season. I mean, that's why this cat missed the playoffs five years in a row before his lucky COVID season. He slept on Patterson early in the year and got beat out on him by Russell. Russell, a guy who's hitting all the right buttons, by the way. Then he sleeps on that easy play you mentioned, that Dearness Johnson play, during a week where he was so desperate for players that he unloaded a guy that he loves in Visca Chenault for fucking Mecole Hardman with his 2.8 points down here. Then he makes a strong play for like a washed-up Freeman Band-Aid play who barely managed to put touchdown deodorant on a foul odor game when the, when you, like you said, Dearness pops off for 26. I mean, he's been chasing these Ravens RBs and they're barely worthwhile as the Ravens have become like the fourth most pass happy team in the league. The Browns on the other hand, had he looked at it are like, you know, they run the ball the fifth most per in the NFL. It was just an easy call in fab that he blew. It sent him into scramble mode where he dropped Perrine who had 17 points. That would have that would have been where Mecole Hardman was. Easy peasy. Didn't have to do anything. But you know, that would have solved solved it all with all the without all the, the desperate antics that saw him spend hundred and twenty two million in fab this week for eighteen total points in his lineup that didn't even get him over a hundred. It's it's just been poor management this year for him. His head is spinning, his team has been reeling into the toilet despite his brazen braggadocio peacocking behavior. It's just a bad look all around for bad gay booby this year. Now that he has five weeks of less than 110 points and that's out of seven weeks. I'm sure everyone hates to see it. And now he's quiet as a mouse this week. After all that flagrant display last week, it's just poor form, poor fucking form. Right, Jay? Wow, Brent. I, I'm sure that was hard for you to get out. I know, I know you, I know you hate to see booty struggling. So yeah, I, I I can I can imagine you weren't waiting to deliver that that little that little dance upon Booty's grave. I have spoken to Booty. He is still pretty confident he's gonna be making the playoffs this year. So <laughs> he's still feeling good. He's still in fight mode. So you know, we'll see. He's, I guess, two and two and five now. The the points aren't looking that healthy as you highlighted. Um, he did have a number of bye weeks. I think this is one of like three people, like Tucci, him, and Bags. I think all of them had zero on their bench. Like they just had guys that straight did not play. Like their entire benches didn't play this week. 
So, I mean, and it, he, there were some some moves he could have made differently. You're 100% right. But, uh, Brent, it wouldn't have mattered this week anyway. He would have obviously gotten more points, but he wouldn't have gotten the win because Princess Barfo continues his resurgence. What an incredible rise from the ashes by him. Uh, we'll get into it again later in the HSSR standing review. But this guy continues to get wins, stockpile wins, pile up the points. And he had look at this just well-rounded game. Basically, Patrick is the only guy, well, Patrick and Aaron Jones, too, uh, really the only underachievers on this squad this week. Uh, and Patrick Barco, kiss him goodbye from your starting lineup because Jerry Judy is coming back. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> But, yeah, we've got Lamar Jackson continues to just do Lamar Jackson things. Not, not like an exorbitant point total, but this guy's going to be, like, right around 30 every week, no matter what. And, Brent, the, the Hollywood-Brown connection and stack that he has going on there in Baltimore is really, like, really, you know, providing dividends for him. You've got the big Mexican comes out with another big game in Uzama, like another monster two-touchdown game from him. And then Brent, I haven't got to say this name very often this year, and I know Barco hates to see it, but he probably loves to see it this week. Art Juan Brown, ladies and gentlemen. Tannehill lofts it up. End zone. Caught. A.J. Brown. Touchdown, Tennessee. With an Art Juan-like game, finally, for Barco, it all came together. A buck 55, great win for the Rook. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Barco, like you said, he, he he's just – He's. Uh, we'll talk about it more when we talk to him um, later in the show. But you know, he's just officially kicked the door open in his rookie year, and he's out dueling these some of these overrated owners. And like he's been in the league for over ten years or something. And you know, all that while he, you know, he juggled some auctioneering duties at the draft. He's getting his his feet wet in season long management with fab and bids, and he's he's already graduated past like those tic tac elementary strategies. And he's, he's managing like a seasoned pro here. I mean, like you said, Art Juan Brown, Marquise Brown, like left and right. If this guy makes the playoffs in his first year, he'll certainly cement his stake in this league as a potentially viable force for years to come. Agreed. Kudos to my auctioneer brother on a great run here. Um, can't wait to hear from him on the stinky hotline. Uh, Brent, I, but there are a couple more games we need to get to, and... I know there's at least one lingering out there that that really did not have a high-scoring team in it. Yeah, Jay, that means we're going to have to step into the the PRB uh, Spross game here against Table Boy. Uh, you know, I don't know what the hell is going on with Kansas City, but every highlight I saw from that game, they didn't. They looked like a completely different team, and that led to Mahomes getting seven point seven four against the Titans defense who I you know I don't I don't think anyone thinks they're that good and you know that limited Tyree killed in 9.7 that combo got him under 20 20 points total which is a rarity for for those two I don't know if PRB got lucky this game and you know caught the Chiefs on their their worst week of the season or what but you know PRB is he's scraping he's clawing he's 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 getting these wins even though they're not pretty and I know you don't love to see that I hate these poop garbage trash wins when someone barely gets over 100 or doesn't get 100 and gets the win but 
I mean, look, Credit PRB will go over the standings uh, in the HSSR here momentarily in the show. Um, PRB, like, not happy with his team, obviously. Probably the worst team I've ever seen him have. Um, but he continues to find a way to piece together wins or maybe some points here or there. And he's fighting his way out of the toilet area. Uh, so, you know, got to take your hat off for him continuing the good fight. You know, on the other side, you said the worst game of the year. Brent, this is like the worst game of Mahomes' career. I, I cannot, I do not think I will ever see another game ever with that he plays the majority of the game or an entire game where he doesn't even crack double ditch. This is an unbelievable turd that Kansas City and Mahomes laid down. Before the season, you said most, you know, notably that Spross would be exploding on people's faces. But this week it blew up. Five or up. six times. Yeah, five or six times. This week it blew up, though, in his face. 87 points. The Mahomes Hill stack just went in a drastically wrong direction. And, you know, look, Mike Evans had three touchdowns in the first half of the Buccaneers game. If it wasn't for that, this – this cat very realistically like barely scores 50 points, right? Yeah. I mean, like you said, there's really nothing else in his lineup that would have helped him out this week, uh, whether it be his bench or his other positions. It was just probably, I'm going to say it was probably Spross's worst game of the season. And, you know, it just came at the right time for PRB, who, you know, he, he doesn't have a crazy game. He does a zero in his lineup, too, over there. You know, there's a 4.9, a 5.7, a 5.9 for Boyd. But he gets the 36 from Stafford. He gets the 22 and a half from Pittman. He pines in the game. Take it to him. Wentz going all the way in the end zone to Michael Pittman for the touchdown. And that pretty much pushed his team far as far as he needed to go to get this W here. Yeah, this is a this is definitely a stinky win. It's uh it's a, I believe it's PRB's second stinky win of the year to get to three and four, but same record as Spross now. Spross, who was I don't know, he I mean, what was he three and one, I believe, and now he's lost three consecutive games, not scoring a lot of points. It has affected his HSSR standing, Brent, which we will get to later in the show. That's correct. And we have another game to get into here, and that is the Rustle versus TJ game. We both picked this wrong. We both picked TJ. You know, you know, I don't know if you remember when we made these picks, but I was having some apprehension about picking TJ. There are some things on the other side that I saw that I thought were going to go in Rustle's favor. I should have went with my gut and picked him. I would have had another pickup on you, but I didn't. I went with TJ. I was lazy. And, you know, Russell gets the win here. Russ is sitting here this year. He is, you know, he's been getting dumped on for about three years now, mainly by you and, and, and Booby. And I think he's he's fed the fuck up with all the bullshit because he this dude is firing on all cylinders here. You know, I, I've seen this cat win titles in all three leagues I'm in with him, including this one with multiple titles. He knows his shit and he's showing out this year to shut everyone up. You know, I love to see him breathing fire this year. He's active. He's killing it, you know, from Patterspin to Knox to Gage to Lazard. You know, this this stinky legend, he's risen from his premature grave like Jason Voorhees. And he's slashing up the bad gay doubters like they just got done having sex in a Friday the 13th movie, man. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing how deeply he can plunge that machete this year. And then showing up at the banquet 
with the severed hater heads. Now, Brent, I haven't seen this cat win championships, and I've been involved in this league in for eight years. I have seen him make one playoff appearance and win zero playoff games in that time while winning not one, but two toilet bowls, a feat that I have never even accomplished, not once with as bad as I was like three years ago from basically my first year till three years ago. Like I've never won that once. He's won it twice. Like this dude, like, look, I don't, I don't pile on him just because I want to pile on him. I pile on him because he's been fucking awful until this year. Got to take my hat off. He is absolutely having a great year. He's doing it in spite of the CMC injury, and he's doing it based on a plethora of tremendous coaching decisions of not just start sit, but the fab wire. It's been honestly a tour de force by him on the fab wire. I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen in all of my time in Stinky anyone make all the right calls on fab and pick up all the right things that he's picked up. And you know, I like this team though, before, during the draft process and before uh, in the preseason, I like this team. And some of it was a bit of anger from me towards other owners for letting him get Aaron Rodgers for so cheap. You give him now look, CMC is not a contributing factor yet. He will be, you give him two top, like five ish running backs and what should be a top five quarterback inexcusable like you've got to not only build your own team you have to worry about other people's teams i think so russ look hats off to him i thought he would be a top three team he hasn't he's not top three right now he hasn't been all year maybe he's trending in that direction though and just real quickly on the other end tj with look we both picked him not necessarily because we loved him this week because you just picked tj he's just unbeatable he's he's a, a finely oiled machine but he has a down week this week. The quarterback, look, he's not, he finally caught up to him. He, he doesn't manage his team at all. He barely makes any fab bids. He, it's laughable that he got beat out for Tua, who was clearly the right play on the fab market this week. He's never used any fab money, and he gets outbid for the best guy and gets seven points instead in his place. Good. Good for everybody else that's behind him. He's going to make these laughably bogus bids, barely manage his team, not put his players in until the last second. Like It's maybe eventually going to come back to get him, but it's not going to be this week, Brian, because we're not going to see two substandard games from TJ in a row. Luckily, he got that out of his system going into his matchup with me this week. Yeah, well, a horrible weekend for a week from TJ is 112. I think anyone would take that as their horrible week instead of some of these scores in the 80s that we're seeing. So, you know, it, it, as bad as it was, you know, it's, it's probably not the end of the world for TJ here. He takes this loss. But, you know, like you said, like two was the easy play. He ends up with Garoppolo. And, uh, <laughs> and, and you know, there's other teams that, that could have made that play for two or that didn't. I, I know Weasel is one of them. He's out there throwing some limp $0 bids at, at, at quarterbacks and, and saving it all for a Saturday night when it's, when it's desperation time. You know, I, I would put TJ in that same category here with with the quarterback play. He, you know, he definitely didn't make the right play this week. And I don't know if it would have saved him necessarily, but it sure would have saved him from 112 points. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you mentioned on Russ's side is you said top five, right? No, I said he should be top five. I, I do not believe he is. He's I mean, he had Brent. He had one point in week one. He, it's pretty tough to overcome a one point game in seven weeks and be top five. He's probably somewhere around eighth or ninth. Okay, yeah, he's 12 overall. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, again, 
one point in week one. Like that, that's going to be pretty tough. After that, I mean, he had a lower scoring game against San Francisco with only 22, but he's got 35, 28, 27, 27, 31. Like that's pretty good. Like when you, when you, when you expand whatever it was, uh, 60 million on two running backs and you get Aaron Rodgers. I mean, and Godwin, who I was probably at least nine or 10 million. I mean, he, he was allowed to get away with some stuff that I didn't really think that other people would have let him get away with, but it is what it is. He built a good team. It's top heavy, but he's made on the back end, great fab pickups and, and, and great decisions on that end, uh, you know, to, to compensate the the top heavy nature of his team. So he's making it happen. He's having a great year. Uh, we'll look at his HSSR standings. Uh, TJ, like I said, it's a bad week. I think he had another week at around 114. Um, I'm not expecting back-to-back subpar weeks from him. So, uh, you know, we'll have to account for that in, the, in our picks segment later on in the show. But uh, well, speaking, t- speaking of the picks segment, I can give us a quick rundown of how our picks worked out to wrap up this recap section that's been pretty long here. So um, I ended up with four. You ended up with four, which because you actually had three right, but you had your lock in Durazio. I had four correct, but I missed my lock in Spross. So we actually ended up tied this week. Nothing changes. You're still up by one. Your record is 30 and 24. My record is 29 and 24. So neck and neck we remain. It's nail biting, Brent. It is it is tight. It is frightening for me to be so close. Speaking of frightening, Brent, I think it's time that we squeeze in a little a little break here, get a word from one of our sponsors. And Brent, as the listeners all know, it is the Halloween special spooktacular episode of the Stinky Cast. Therefore, we have two very scary sponsors lined up for you. And Brent, this one, uh, you know. Hashtag hate to see it. You know, we hate to see injuries in fantasy sports, and we certainly don't like to see anyone wishing injuries on any players. So this one, Brent, I, I think is pretty near and dear to your heart. Uh, this is probably one of your favorite sponsors of the year, I would imagine. Um, so we'll go ahead and take a quick break. Uh, join us on the other end here. Maybe you can say a couple words about this sponsor. And then we have to light up the stinky hotline for our interview victim, uh, I mean guest of the week, uh, Timothy Barco, the Rookie of the Year. That, much, much more right after this. In the first child's play, a voodoo curse created a demon doll that became a knife-wielding menace. But now, That midget child is back, revived from his slumber by a new curse. Only this time it isn't voodoo, it's judo that is being used to wreak havoc on your fantasy teams. Nothing will stop this little annoying kid toy from hexing your fantasy players. He has no coof, he has no morals. He's a desperate maniac, wielding a deadly menorah. He might be hiding in the kitchen. He might be hiding under the table. He might even be hiding in the toilet. No matter where he is, you'll never be safe from the little Juju doll unless you're on WhatsApp. This Halloween, get ready 
for the deadliest sequel yet. Child's Play, Bad Gay Judo, coming this spooky season to Apple TV+. Welcome back in Stinky Nation and many thanks to our first sponsor of the year, Brent, or of the show, sorry, Judo Child's Play. What do you think about that one? Well, you know, there's been a there's been a lot of bad judo going around this year. You know, I've seen I've seen a lot more than anyone cares to see going on. So I think the sponsor, you know, kind of picked up on that and you know turned it into a movie that we're that we're, you know, gonna be privileged enough to see. As Stinky Nation, we have a lot of activity this year with with entertainment. We have, you know, we have I Am Weasel, we, the, the cartoon. We have this scary Judo Child's Play movie. Um, you know, I'm I'm pretty thrilled for for both of those. Me too, and I mean, I can't wait to see what the next sponsor yields us because uh, the sponsors for this ha- this Halloween spectacular are always very very strong, Brent. But first, we need to welcome in a great friend of the show, a big fan of the show, and a guy who is really, Brent, he's putting his stamp on the league. You know, he's near and dear to our hearts. He's been the auctioneer for many, many years. And now, finally, Barco gets his chance in the league. Let's go ahead and dial up Barco on the hotline and welcome in the Roy. Why don't you want to talk to me? Who is this? You tell me your name, I'll tell you mine. Uh, I don't think so. What's that noise? Popcorn. You making popcorn? Uh-huh. I only eat popcorn at the movies. Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? Oh, just some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. Barco, welcome to the cast, brother. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, Brent. Uh, great to be here. I'm a huge fan of the Stinky Cast. I love what you guys do. I enjoy it every week. Uh, honored that you want me on it. So uh, thank you. We felt like it was time. I mean, your your rookie year. We needed to have you know some fr- some fresh blood on the the cast. So you know, welcome, like Jay said. And you know, I'm not going to waste any time here. I'm gonna I'm just gonna get get right into our questions here, and I'm gonna start you off with uh, with this one that I have for you. And, you know, you know, as we all know, a good friend of the show, Joey Bags and his JBD fitness is number one in stinky in that category. And we know that your, you know, Il Barco cello is is number one cello in the league. But what stinky nation may not know is that you are dedicated to building the most elaborate and wet Halloween decor on your home. So tell us about your setup this year. And also throw in your favorite Halloween or horror movie, please. Oh, my God. Uh, totally not expecting that. <laughs> um, all right. I get to dork out a little bit, I guess. That's cool. Uh, I just was adding stuff to my Halloween display tonight. So you guys can all laugh at me for that. Um, 
uh, this all got out of hand. It's just been the neighbors come over. We have kids trying to run through the decorations every year. And uh, the neighborhood families, like, the kids want to come and say goodnight to my decorations every night. And they want to see all the new stuff and ask questions. Um, so basically, we have just, as our kids have gotten older, we've gotten to, like, get a little bit more and more creepy. And uh, just started out with, like, simple spider webs. But now it's gotten to be, like... I have like a dozen spider webs. I have a giant eight foot web that I put 600 lights on myself, um, suspended from like one side of my house to the other. Um, I have another giant web that comes out of a tree that's lit up orange. The other one's lit up red. Uh, I have like a spider mounted on the front of my house. Um, pumpkin like lights everywhere uh giant blow-ups like a 12-foot phantom that like short circuits and she looks like she's screaming uh, this sounds awesome i i saw something maybe it was on instagram i can't remember where i saw it but uh, it was some sort of box like illuminated box what was going on there illuminated box uh, i don't know it was like like it looked kind of like a tent or something like that oh oh, oh. that is uh what's in the box <laughs> Everyone, I knew I had a home run with that one because it's homemade, and I love homemade shit that doesn't make sense. Yeah, so not, like my, out of, not like out of the box, yeah, like tacky shit. A, it is not a Halloween decoration. It is a clown tent or like a circus tent from Ikea that someone gave my kids, and they just don't use it anymore. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to put this in my Halloween stuff because it looks creepy, and I hate clowns. So right. as soon as I set it out, I didn't do anything with it like two years ago. I set it out on my lawn, and I, you could just tell I'm building my display. And people come up, oh, you're doing your lights. And they would look at the tent and go, what's with that tent? And I just immediately knew. I'm like, oh, people are already thinking it looks creepy with nothing done to it. So I mounted, like, uh, I wired it, of course. I add power and lights to everything because I'm a nut. So I put in, inside the tent is mounted, like, a short circuit specialty bulb. And then this year I added, well, I used to have the clown mounted inside because I thought it was a little too much for the little kids. So this year I mounted it on the outside, like it has a wire stand. So the clown looks like he's floating above his tent. And it's this creepy fucking skull clown with like red eyes. And uh, he floats above the circus tent as it like short circuits and like draws your attention to it with the lights flickering. I, I have to swing by and see all this. This sounds this sounds wild. And it, you know, the first thing that pops into my head when you describe the, the circus tent, have you ever seen killer clowns from outer space? I, I have great because that that is like sounds like it's right out of that movie. Yeah, it's the more for me. It's the clown from uh, Poltergeist. That movie still fucks me up. Oh yeah, definitely. I hate Borg, that guy. Borg, I'm gonna have to ask you uh, to take like a like a video tour of this outdoor um, setup and and post right. it to the WhatsApp chain. Okay, I will. I didn't think any. I thought I didn't think anyone would like that, but I have it on my Instagram. I'll definitely share it. Yeah, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Get that out to the to the WhatsApp. It sounds awesome. Sure. I I honestly like after a few exchanges on the WhatsApp, I was going to add a sign to the tent a joke and say Jay's house because it was like the clown lives there. Oh. Like going on with his rants. I was just like, ah, I'm too tired to do that right now. And well, you can add that before the before the, the, the video. video. Yeah. Yeah. Video. Yeah. But, yeah. Maybe do it for the video. <laughs> All right, cool, cool. Uh, I'll let you off the hook on favorite Halloween or horror movie because we got a few. We got a few movies that we threw around in there. 
to chew on unless you have something right off the top of your head. No, I, I was a big fan of, uh, I, well, I hate that movie Poltergeist because my parents let me see it repeatedly. I don't know why they would laugh at me being terrified of it, like when I was like six. <laughs> um, but I would have to say the other one after that would be like really old school, gave me nightmares, was The Blob. I don't know if wow. that, that one. It was like Isn't a Queen that... Sunday night movie in the 80s. It was just this big red gelatinous shit. That the, million, the, the million dollar movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That that was one of my favorites. I think that was filmed locally too. Was it? I didn't yeah, know. it's it's filmed in like it was filmed in like Phoenixville or somewhere up there. Hmm. God, that's funny. I had no idea about that, but that's uh, that's a classic that I always still think of. That still freaks me out from when I was a kid. Awesome, fantastic work there too. All right, so now let's get to football. And we got that out of the way because this is the Halloween episode, so I wanted to inject some you know, Halloween stuff in, so great job there. And that was part of the reason why I wanted to have you on, because I knew about your elaborate, oh, wow. elaborate setup. <laughs> I had not seen that coming. I'm going All right. week, week eight, thinking like along those lines, getting my feet wet in the league. <laughs> yeah, well, that's where I'm going to head to now. So, you know, many have said that it takes years to adapt to the intricacies of Stinky League from the auction draft to fat budgeting and things like of that nature, yeah. you seem to have hit your stride in only seven weeks and pretty much locked up rookie of the year award. How have you come this far this quickly? Uh, honestly, I'm still getting used to the idea of being in the league. Um, that has finally sunk in that it's official. Um, I would say there is an adjustment that you go through changing formats the the auction is tough i didn't think i had any extra leg up other than seeing how the process works over and over again i i wasn't frazzled by like you know all the bidding and all that stuff um i'd say the biggest challenge i had like was the was getting used to the the waiver wire and how fab works that's been the biggest challenge as far as that goes i think i've just been getting used to how that works and um I've really started enjoying like going through everyone else's team and finding ways to strategically pick against them. Um, so I've been feeling good about that. And um, so, for example, the way you blocked quarterback on Weasel this week. Yeah, I I couldn't believe that that was even available um, that I could do that. But I was just looking at I was looking ahead like a week or two just for my own buys. Um, I, I don't try to go too crazy as far as like no offense, Jay. I know you were like talking about week nine's Tom Brady buy, and I'm like, it's too far away to get into that early in the season. So I was just looking out a couple weeks for my Lamar buy coming up, and I'm looking at who else is going to be competing for quarterbacks at the same time, and I was liking the idea of going with Winston for next week against the Bucks, maybe a revenge factor, but just high ceiling. And I'm looking at who else needs quarterbacks, and I'm going, okay, well, I'll get Winston. i got to bid him up. So I put a nice bid on him and won it. And then I could not believe that Tucci made absolutely zero moves. And I knew, you know, I think Frank needed, uh, Frank might need a quarterback next week. Um, and other people were going to be looking. I know TJ possibly could have picked the waiver wire quarterback this week. So um, I was so surprised that Tucci didn't do anything. So I was like, all right, well, I have to punish him for that. So I went after who I thought he would want, and I was right. I'm pretty sure he wanted Heineke first. And I, I believe that was the case. And see, that's one thing that I'm talking about that 
I don't think everyone in the league does. I don't think everyone in the league looks around at who has needs and how much competition they're going to have for a certain position or something like that. I can almost guarantee you that Weasel does not do that. Like he just like he just he's he's not at that level of thinking. He should be just like the level of thinking of making that move on Wednesday instead of Saturday, just because, you know, you don't have an interest in the Thursday night games. Big, big mistake, I think. So agreed. And that's that's one of the things that I feel like you've already picked up quickly. And that's kind of why I asked you that question. OK, thanks. All right. So third question before I hand it over to Jay is, as we just heard in the recaps earlier in the episode, you destroyed and dismantled Booby this week and pissed on his team's grave after he took several videos of you puking when we went out to media this summer. Yeah, no right. Less. So did the curb stomping you just gave him give you some satisfaction? And did he communicate with you about the, the result of this game in six different forms of communication? Uh, he only communicated with me via one form, which was a, a man-to-man text I got today congratulating me on the win. You know, saying he's still fighting a good fight and tried to put his best foot forward. But even with all the moves he made, which he made it quite a few, his team was completely remodeled by the time I got to him. Um, that it still didn't matter because all my guys stepped up and crushed him. So, you know, I ex- accepted the congratulations. And, and then we had a, a quick stock chat, as we like to do. So, um but yeah, it was, uh, I did, you know, I honestly didn't even think about that. He was on my wife's Instagram and my wife was talking shit to him. Um, oh, really? Can we, do we have any like screenshots or receipts from I, that? I'll, I'll put it on the chain. I forget what the hell she was. She posted something and Booty mentioned something about, uh, I forget what he said, but then she immediately goes, oh, I see Tim's kicking your ass in points though. <laughs> Because she knows about the bet that Steve made. And that's the one I've been tracking is me versus Booty for total points of the year. I think Durazio has 100 riding on that, on me. So, you're right. That is, that is one of the bets. You're right. And and you, uh, you're you looking pretty good on that right now. Yeah, I think I gained 65 on him. I think I'm up 70-some points on him right now. So I've been more concerned with that pressure of him betting on me, of Durazio betting on me. I'm like, dude. You know, so... I got um, you. All right. Well, at this point, Jay, it, uh, I'll, I'll hand it over to you and you can fire away with your questions. Thanks, Brentley. Uh, thanks, Marco. Um, you know, as I was thinking about you coming on to the Sinky cast uh, today, you know, I, obviously we named each other uh, this year that we have the background of us being the last two auctioneers. But Marco, it hit me. It dawned on me today that, I mean, while I kind of trained you somewhat, at the, yep. in, in your first, uh, you know, the first uh, time that you that you actually took took the reins of auctioneer, you never actually really saw me in action as the auctioneer. You know, th- and this is, you know, you're a movie guy, I'm a movie guy. This draft, when you actually got to see me in action, did you have kind of like a, was it like an above the rim type moment at the very end of the movie when Thomas Shepard plays uh with you know with 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 the young upstart kyle watson like where you're kyle watson and you're kind of like in awe of my thomas shepherd like performance in the draft or or were you just kind of like eh, yeah this is this is okay i mean be, be honest speak freely i i i what's funny is i actually did think this that it was cool to see i i never got to see you do auctioning because the only time that would have maybe happened i was passed out in the yard so <laughs> 
it dawned on me when I was seeing you do your first call, your first bid, or uh, call your first player when I was standing there got, laughing at myself, going, oh, my God, the only time I would have possibly seen it, I was hurling in Booty's yard. <laughs> uh, so, no, if anything, it just, it la I, I laughed at the idea that, uh, no, I did not find it so impressive. <laughs> it was just, like, yeah, we're equals, just like I thought, like. You're doing nothing different than me, except for, you know, the massive toasts and the way you kick off the draft, which is unparalleled, and the gallon of fireball you can consume and stay upright. So <laughs> those ways, I'll bow to you forever. But as far as the auctioning, nah, like that, I was just like, oh, this is so cool. This is literally like, uh, you know, Kobe dishing the Jordan as far as, as, I like far, it. as far as the nuts and bolts of the draft go. I like it. Um, and again, I, I have to just thank you on air for obviously your contributions this year during the draft. I know it's not easy to auction and uh, draft. And I think just having uh, you and me together doing that, I think that it took uh, some pressure off of each of us and, and allowed us to focus uh, somewhat on our draft and not really uh, you know, dwell too much on, on the auctioning part. So th thank you on air. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I appreciate it. And, and uh, you know, I think it went seamless. We did. I think we both handled it really well. Um, and I, there was no way I was going to let you take the whole draft. I heard that idea possibly, and Bags can attest to this. I mean, his kitchen, like, fuck that. There's no fucking way he's going to do the draft. I'm sitting right there like a useless piece of shit. I was like, I'm doing half. And, and in the logic of, but it's your first. I don't care. I don't care that it's my first draft. Like, that's my job, too, and I'm willing to, like, man up for the league and do what we have to do and help you shoulder the load. So that was never going to be an option in my mind. It was – we were always going to split it. And, well, you, uh, both, you both did a fantastic job combined. Definitely. Yeah. I appreciate it. I got, and uh, hopefully we can, we can find some, you know, alternative moving forward. But, um, yeah. Mark, I, I do have another question for you. I want – because you, you commented recently on – a beard picture of myself on the yeah. WhatsApp chain. Um, now look, I'm grappling. I, I'm always grappling internally with like, what do I do with my facial hair? Yeah. You've been a strong beard guy from like the very first moment I met you to now. So like your beard game is always strong and on point. So I just want, I want you to help like guide me a little bit. Like, do you like a clean shaven Jay or a bearded Jay, a scruff Jay? Like, Help, help me with some kind of facial hair guidance here. I, I realize that Don Johnson J has got to have required tons of maintenance. And that's where I'm a beard guy. I fucking hate shaving. And I like my beard only somewhat more than I hate shaving. Like, I hate shaving more than anything. Worthless. I'm Italian. I've been shaving since I was 12. I would shave at night. <laughs> and have scrub five o'clock shadow in the morning when I was 13 and get demerits in a Catholic high school. It was ridiculous. So I uh, clean shaven Jay's all right. I mean, that gets you all the looks on YouTube and works for Andrew nerdly, but, uh, I did Wolf and Jay where you now it's too much. I, I don't like the big beards. Um, I like the, like the groomed beard. So, but the thing I can give you a tip that I've learned is work on softening your beard. Like, oh. I, I can't go big because my beard starts growing sideways. Um, I don't have, like, TJ's looks like a friggin' horse's mane, like he could comb it. Mine turns into, like, broom bristles. So, 
I always work on softening my beard and keeping it closer, like where you were after you trimmed it. So interesting with Durkin's beard oil. Exactly. I use yeah, I but, use the Ben Durkin beard oil. So hopefully I can keep the softening going in the right direction. Yeah, I think I think it's a medium beard length for you, especially because you have all your hair. Like my my hair comes into play where my head hair has to be a certain length. So my beard has to kind of work with that, if that makes sense. Okay. So, OK, uh, these are good tips. Yeah, I think like you could pull off like that, like that, uh, the high fade with like where your beard blends into your hair on your sides where you know like the okay. side or like your sideburns are shorter and your like your cheeks to your chin can be a little longer if that makes sense because then you can okay. have like i like this well maybe we can uh maybe i'll you know i'll reach out one-on-one -on -one text and we can we can keep the, the beer conversation going but i do yeah. want to ask um you know i got one more for you we'll get you out of here on this um you've been Man, honestly was, was a hardball question like i'm prepared to like <laughs> See who's gonna have a face when I see them next, and he's like, "We're on Halloween decorations and my beard tips, so I'm feeling pretty safe here. <laughs> I'm not gonna anger anyone." The sticky cast is a safe place. It's a, it's like a trust tree. We're in the nest. Yes. Okay. So Barco, I again have to compliment you because look, I was expecting a tough year from you this year, and I liked your draft, but then things didn't go your way in that first month kind of left you for dead but you have just been on a meteoric rise realistically at this point we're basically at the midpoint what are your expectations for your season what would be in your eyes a successful year one for you uh successful year one is real easy i promised gary i would bust my ass to get in the playoffs um and carry on the tradition of his team he's been he went out on a high note performing well the last few seasons so getting in the playoffs I don't don't get me wrong. That doesn't satisfy me, but a successful first season um, and especially the way things are shaking out as we stand right now, it's going to be hard to envision like it's such an easy task to get into the playoffs. So it's going to be a tough deal just to get in. So uh, I would say I'd be happy with a playoff appearance um, and fight from there. But it's going to be a tough battle. My team's resurging. Some guys are finally starting to step up and perform like I thought they would. So. I'm hoping that'll carry me the rest of the way and I'll keep making it difficult on everyone else that I play. We've got a tough Absolutely. bye week this week with, with Lamar and Marquise Brown on bye. We're going to get into that in the next segment when we do our picks, but you know, you're in a, you're in a very strong tra trajectory. So really, yeah. really appreciate you coming on. Truth be told, Jay and I spoke about having you on, earlier in the season and you were you were kind of in that rough slump that jay had previously mentioned there and we we're like nah i don't i don't know if we want to have him on just yet but then you shot up and we felt like it was just the right time oh perfect i'm glad to be on man i love, I love what you guys do i hope everyone thanks you as much as i do I, I fucking love the cast my whole family knows what i'm doing wednesday or thursday they go dad's listening to the cast leave him alone <laughs> i love it Every, everyone here here knows about it um, so it's awesome and we all appreciate it. And, uh, it's definitely a, a great thing you guys do. I brag, I tell other people, they have no fucking clue, like what a league is like, um, until they hear about this one. And they're like, holy shit, a podcast, like what the fuck? And, oh, and that's after the banquet and this and that. And so to everybody in stinky, thanks for being so welcoming. And, uh, it's been a blast.
Absolutely. Love having you on the show, by the way. And uh, good luck the rest of the way, my friend. Uh, good luck to you guys, too. See you on the battlefields. Man, Brent, what an interview. Uh, it was, you know, there was it was a friendly interview. We didn't really uh, light him up too much. We, we kind of, you know, we kind of throw some curveballs to some of our guests. But that was just a great conversation. I learned a couple things. The beard maintenance. Uh, I really appreciate him taking some time out to explain that to me. And then, I, you know, I'm looking forward to this video uh, tour of his decorations outside his house. That, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I was pretty excited to ask him about that. He obviously didn't see that coming from, you know, from a million miles away. But that was, you know, one of the reasons that I, you know, like I mentioned that I wanted to bring him on because I just know how dedicated he is to this specific holiday. So I thought that he would, you know, get some enjoyment. You know, I don't think anyone ever, you know, I don't think he ever posts it to the WhatsApp every year that it's been building up to to where it is now. So I wanted to give him a chance to, you know, explain everything. explain that to everyone so we can you know kind of get to, to get to know the new guy a little bit better yeah apparently it's on his his ig which i do have an, an instagram account but i'm never on there so uh yeah i'm excited i just want to remind him uh you know i hope that he sends the video out um you know maybe jay maybe i'll have a little shout out on the clown tent i'm looking forward to that as well um no pressure there barco so absolutely great to hear from you uh barco again thanks for checking in with us uh, and continued success, obviously, the rest of the way. Brent, that was a strong interview, a little long interview. Uh, let's go ahead and maybe slide in another quick word from a sponsor here. And this one is, you know, the last one's probably near and dear to your heart. This one's near and dear to my heart because, oh, man, I don't even think this one really requires much lead-in. Let's go ahead, take a quick break, run it. We'll come back, discuss it at the other end as well as a loaded C block for you guys. We're going to run down the HSSR standings, and we're going to look at this week's slate of games. So make sure you join us right after this quick break. You thought it was safe. You thought no one was looking. You analyzed the analytics. Your starting lineup was set. Then, the unthinkable happened. The scappening happening. Coming this Halloween. Get ready for the fantasy thriller. Sure to make you wet your panties. Benches will explode. Starters will implode. Your entire team will be turned upside down. When the clock strikes 12.56, all bets are off. It's too late to turn back. You're entering a world of pure terror. And there's nothing you can do to stop it. The scapening has taken hold and will pull you into a mind-bending reality beyond your wildest nightmares. Directed by visionary Jay Skapanak in his debut film, you may never recover from this downward spiral of psychosis. Prepare the straitjacket, find a rubber room, because you're about to be driven completely mad. The Scapening, only in theaters this Halloween. Welcome back in Stinky Nation and Brent. The Scappening 
It happens to me seemingly every week. It obviously happens to me in the championship. It haunts my nightmares. And many others probably are haunted from time to time. You yourself were a victim to the scapening this week. Yeah, like appropriate week for, for this uh, sponsor to come in and drop it on us because, you know, I felt the sting of that of that movie. And I'm going to be I'm going to be, you know, like cowering behind a blanket watching that movie because I, because it just happened to me. So anyone out there who it's happened to, I know it happened to, I think, PRB and Booby this year, the, the massive scappings of their bench outscoring their starters. So, you know, it's a it's a pretty good year to have this sponsor come in. Yeah, Brent, I listen, the the worst thing you never want to see a scapening like losing is one thing. Getting outplayed is one thing. But I mean, ding, see, my computer agrees with me. Uh, <laughs> you, ne- you never want to scap yourself like I, I almost I don't like having depth because I don't want to decide who I'm going to have to bench because I know inevitably it's going to blow up in my face. It's, it's almost easier to have no depth sometimes and it makes your starters easier but we all know that's a crumbling strategy too so you know you just got to make the right calls and do your best and you know sometimes it's going to blow up in your face and we're all going to laugh but we're not going to laugh at this movie because it's going to be terrifying absolutely brent let's go ahead and slide our way right into a quick rundown of the hssr standings uh on the cusp of our picks right before we you know review this week's slate of games I will, as I always do, start with the top four. And again, there's no real movement here. TJ is still at the very top of the standings, number one overall. But Brent, he does lose a point. He's had 28 points, a perfect score uh, for at least like four weeks. But he's down to only 27 points now this week. And that is because you took the best record mantle away from him, chipping him away down one point. And you are now right up there, right behind him, just, just you know, just chasing him down like a, like a madman in a horror movie with 25 to his 27. You're gaining on him, Jay. You're almost there. So, you know, keep up the work. But, you know, you know who's gaining on you is that guy we talked about. And that's Freak Squad, Frank, with 24, right at your heels. Yeah, Frank actually, Frank stays at 24. He had 24 last week. We were actually tied at 24 last week. He had he was four points up on me, or three, I think it was three points up on me. So by virtue of that, you know, I think I was second to TJ for about three weeks in a row, and then Frank dethroned me by virtue of that that three point uh, tiebreaker last week. I I jumped back over Frank this week, regained that number two spot, and again TJ and Jay have been I've been top three every week since week one. TJ's been I think top two every week since week one. Uh, We're the only two that have been in the top four all year long. Frank now back-to-back weeks in the top four, and Durazio back-to-back weeks uh, at the top four there as well, sliding into number four at 23, one point behind Frank. So there's your top four. If the playoffs started today, we would, me, TJ, Frank, and Durazio would be locked in there. Brent, the next four, the play-in four, uh, spots five through eight, you up to the top into the 20s. You are sitting now at the top of that play in bracket with a score, an HSSR score of 20. Welcome to the 20 club. I think this is uh, your first week in the 20s. It is. And, uh, you know, that's that's something that I've been really, really pushing for. I needed a big week to get there. And I finally got that big week, that explosive week under my belt to make up for the bad week that I started off with 
in week one. So now I'm finally, you know, level set where I want to be. And, you know, I can just push forward from here, hopefully. And, you know, Russ is right behind me there with 19. He is, like we said before, he's having a great season. And it's showing here in the HSSR. Yeah. And then, Brent, rounding out the the final two spots of the play-in bracket here are Spross. A big drop. Spross was early on in the year, like first three, four weeks. This guy was like top four somewhere, like two, three range, something like that. He's all the way down to 15 uh, HSSR points in there at, at the seven spot. And up from the ashes. This guy was, I believe, maybe if not 14th, he was 13, uh, like three weeks ago or something like that. I said it early on at the end of this this week's slate of games. Barco would be in the play-in game, and he is. He gets up to the eighth spot, and Ty Spross, uh, both of them sitting at 15 on the uh, the HSSR standings, and Spross theoretically would be over him uh, by virtue of the tiebreak, which is not many. I, I don't have the points from me. I think Spross has maybe a 25-ish point lead on Barco right now in the in the, in the point standings. Spross has 865 and Barco has 856. So it's only like a, a nine point lead there in the points. So very, so very close. So a, a big drop from Spross, a big jump by Barco. And those are your top eight teams right now. If the playoffs started today in the Frankie two of mediocrity, we have PRB with an HSSR of 10 double digits on the HSSR. This guy's been been bemoaning his poopy bowl standing on the on the the WhatsApp chain for a couple days. I mean, he's not even close to the poopy bowl right now. Yeah, he has climbed out of there somehow. You know, I think it's by virtue of these wins that he's getting that you that you don't really like because he's certainly not putting up a ton of points. But you know, he's doing enough to get out of that toilet bowl. And look, man, as long as you're out of that toilet bowl, you know, you might not have had a great season, but at least you weren't in the toilet bowl. So. PRB right now is is he can take a breath of fresh air and you know he made a trade that he thinks is going to help his team. We'll see if it does, and if it does, then you know he might be he might be safe from that toilet section down there. But right behind him is someone who has just fallen from the skies, and that is Stover's team with nine HSSR. Man, Stover with single digit HSSR. It, I mean, this like I said when we did the recap of the games. I, it's just unimaginable. Like this guy is a staple. Like pretty much every year, I just go into the season imagining there's five playoff spots because it's every single freaking year this guy is in the playoffs. It's not over. There's still plenty of time to go, but Stover's got a lot of work to do right now to get out. I mean, single dig on the HSSR with a nine spot, and then look, eleven right now, the first spot of. The poopy bowl is Schwarz with seven. So, I mean, Stover's club, I mean, he's got nine. Schwarz has seven. So, I mean, it's that, that's it's not far from slipping into the toilet from where, where he is right now. So, that is not, you know, firm footing uh, right now. So, he's definitely got some work to do. As I said, Schwarz rounds it out there at 11 with seven. Joey Bags in next with seven. Schwarz is above him by virtue of that the point tiebreaker. They both have seven. And then Booty has six and two in dead last, Brent, with three. Is the weasel. The weasel with three points, Brent, three. 
Oh, so, brutal. I mean, look at these two. You know, they they all they had this these aspirations. They had this this braggadocio, like I said earlier last week. Like they were making moves. They were checking percentages. They were showing showing their their you know significant others the the little green bar on their screen. Like like they're like like you know peacocking around. And then now we have six. They have a combined nine HSSR, which would barely get them out of the toilet bowl as is. That's not good. When you can, when you combine two scores and it's still single digits, that's not good. No, that is, that is just a poor look down there in the toilet. And I know a lot of people in the league, just H T S I, you know, I'm sure a lot of people, specifically you, like, I know you probably, uh, I can't it. even, I can't even look at the screen. It just pains my, my heart, man. I know you probably you probably barely sleeping these nights just because they're they're so low. I know uh, it's a dark it's a dark and stormy night in Philadelphia tonight, and I'm you know just seeing this I'm I'm not gonna be able to sleep. It's it's gonna be brutal. <laughs> well, Brett, uh, th- there you have it. The HSSR standings. We are now uh, you know officially like kind of over halfway now through. So you know some of these teams have been there all along at the top. Some of the teams have been there all along at the bottom. It doesn't necessarily look like there's much movement going on at the top and bottom, but there is still plenty of movement to go in the middle area. And look, anything can happen. Once, once you get in the field, like if you're in those, the top eight and you can get an opportunity for the play in, like, and the, the six team field is set any, it's anybody's game. I think at this point this year, so the, you know, we're still up, up in the air. I still think, if you just want to touch briefly, I know we've run a little long here, but the MVP, I, TJ is still, I think, pretty in pretty strong footing on that. I think he's up by over 60 points on Steve, who's number two. Then Frank is like 80 points behind TJ, and I'm like 100 points behind TJ. So I, I still think TJ is kind of in the driver's seat for that. Now, keep in mind, the top three in that race all get rewarded at the end of the season. So, you know, while the MVP looks like it's, you know, a little bit out of reach, if TJ, you know, TJ's slipping, though, so it might not be out of reach. But let's say it is, you know, there's the second and third spot. You know, you are you're only about 13 points behind Frank for that third spot. So there is still a lot to play for in that top three of the MVP race. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, and. and you know, it's been basically me. I think me, Steve, and TJ have just been we we've been like within whatever the top three most of the year. Frank has kind of crashed the party within the last like three four weeks, um, and you know he had some bye week stuff going on this week, so he he's going to look to to presumably have another very strong week this week. So speaking of which, Brent, shall we look at this week? We have two, maybe three, extraordinarily marquee high caliber games this week yeah for the pick segment here we should definitely start off with the three games that are probably the most tantalizing and you know i think the first one on that on that list would have to be your game against tj we just talked about the teams at the top in the in the mvp race and this is you know this is a big game between dryery of a wimpy kid and the wookie castaway it's you know it's tough to tell because you know, TJ is probably not going to set his lineup until I don't know Sunday. Maybe I don't. I have no idea. But so I have to kind of do some guesswork here. I'm assuming Jeffrey Spin comes in. I'm assuming Kirk Cousins come in. So I have to kind of assess it like that. You know, he does have Jacobs on a bye. Um, you know, he, he still has the the benefit of Chuba Hubbard um, because CMC is on IR. So he has that to work for him. 
But, you know, oh, man, every time I, I try and pick against TJ, I remember every time that I do, his team just blows up. So, you know, you have Derrick Henry against the Colts. That's a divisional game. He, he, he shows up against the Colts sometimes. It's at Indianapolis. Tough call here. Eventually, after going through this matchup, I ended up going with you, Jay. Wow. Yes. Unbelievable, Brad. I did not see that coming. You have me moving to seven and one. I and do. EJ to five and three. Jay, by the way, if, you know, the way the, the HSSR is shaking out, you know, we could be looking at the first season that you, at both you and I, could be in the playoffs together. That's true. That that that's a that's a good point. I honestly I like I like that to, to be the case. I think that uh, we're both heading in that direction. Obviously, um, barring some kind of catastrophic uh, turn of events and injuries, <laughs> hopefully, knock on wood, that doesn't happen to either one of us. Um, Brent, yeah, I mean, this is this is a great, this is a big game. It's a it's a huge game. Look, I, every game, I want to win every game, but this game to say that this game is big is just underplaying it for me. Like, I want this game so badly. I mean, top record versus top in points. I mean, to move to to dump TJ down to five and three to get to seven and one, it would be enormous for me. I mean, he's like you said, his lineup's not set. Gronkowski, I don't know what's going on with him. I would think maybe he's going to probably play this week as well. So that's another guy that he's going to have to slide in there uh, to his team. I my lineup is not necessarily set either. I don't know what's going on with Kadarius Tony or Jerry Judy. Maybe both of them are going to play. They will be starters if they play. I would um, count on Judy, but not Tony. Okay. So, uh, you know, I still have some jostling to do. Uh, I'll probably move Gaskin or Edmonds down to my bench. Um, uh, or pro- maybe Corey, probably Corey Davis would go out. I don't I don't know. Like, I, I, my lineup's not quite set yet either. I think I'm probably going to have a good week. But, Brent, it's TJ. It is the machine. Do I think this guy is going to lose two games in a row? I can't think that. I'm going to go ahead and pick against myself. I do it pretty frequently here in this segment, and uh, it's going to be no different against the number one in points team, TJ. I'm going to pick him to get back on track this week and tie me in record. We'll both be six and two after this week. All right, so that we started, we kick off this slate with a difference in picks here. Um, I guess uh, we'll move to the next one here. And I think, you know, probably the other big game on the slate, not, you know, not just because I'm involved, but it's two five and two teams here. And, you know, both are up there in the, in the playoff hunt. And it's it's Freak Squad Frank against Brent Biden here. And I'm going to have to let you take this one. Yeah, this is this is a very difficult game to pick for me, Brent. Um, I mean, Frank is on such a roll. He's got he's coming in looking for his sixth consecutive win. Uh, I mean, Booker's been playing extremely well. We've got, I mean, Josh Allen has been on a tear. He had those two, like, not bad, but just mediocre games to start the year. And he's just been en fuego since. And Brent, he is playing the Miami Dolphins, who are just so poopy uh, in basically everything this year. I mean, you've got a tough, it's, it's weird to say, but you've got kind of a tougher matchup against the Jets who are kind of stingy on points allowed. So I would probably give him the check mark there. You get Elliott coming back off the bye. I mean, I'm just, I just continue to talk because I don't really know who to pick in this game. Like, this is like a straight question mark game. You're hot. He's hot. I, I'm trying to kind of infer what I think you're going to do so I could pick the opposite. I had you written down, but I'm going to go with Frank instead because I think you're going to pick yourself. 
All right, so you're playing. You're gonna play that game a little bit. So this was <laughs> this was a tough game to pick. I went through. I went through like the game scripts in my mind. You know, you said the the Jets were stingy giving up points, but I think they just gave up 54 to New England. Is that right? So you know, I'm not scared of the Jets, and I have you know this year I have the connection of Burrow and Chase. Last year I had the connection of Josh Allen and Diggs. Now I'm going against my boy Josh Allen in this one. It's going to be tough. But, you know, you know, the game script that I mentioned, like two things can happen. Like, you know, Josh Allen and the Bills could be blowing out Miami so badly that they take Josh Allen out for like, you know, the, the garbage time points. The same thing can happen to Joe Burrow. So True. I think those two actually kind of wash this week. So I kind of went through the rest of the matchups. And I got to be honest, Jay, I I kind of I kind of think it leans my direction a little bit this week. And you predicted correctly in that. I'm I'm going to pick myself this week. Okay, there you have it. We have two dissenting picks to start. Two for two, two different picks. I like it. All right, so the next probably most competitive game that I can probably uh, picture on the slate is between Spross and Rustle. Now, this Spross and Rustle is also a pretty tough game to pick. I mean, it's my turn to take this one, so I'm going to have to go first and – you know, Rustle just took a huge blow before we got on this call in that Alan Lazard is unvaccinated and he's a close contact to Devontae Adams and he's not going to play in this Thursday night game. Aaron Rodgers is running out of weapons, man. Like, I I had Rustle down to pick in this game based on the matchups and now my head is kind of reeling on this one. I don't, I, I don't, really, I don't really know if I want to pick Rustle anymore after seeing that and they're playing a tough... Cardinals defense like he's going to need his weapons in this Thursday night game on a short week he's going to have practice squad receivers man you know I had I had Russ written down I'm switching my pick to Spross here because I think Chubb comes back this week and I think the Chiefs bounce back in the Monday night game against their super shitty Giants. Yeah, Brett, you're look, I, I don't really have to talk too much about this one because your take is spot on in this, I think. I, everything you said, I echo and agree with. Uh, I, I'm picking Spross. My only question is, in our little production meeting before we started recording, I, I went through, I'm, I'm having a trouble picking a lock this week. Uh, I've used pretty much every lock that I have winning this week. It, have I, I have used Spross already, right? Or have I not? You have not used Spross. Let's put a lock on it, Brent. Not only, do oh. I, not only do I agree with your take on this game, I'm going to lock the table boy, the explosive one, Mr. Marcus Spross. I'm going to look for a big-time Patrick Mahomes bounce-back game. And like you said, that Lazard thing, it hurts Russ in multiple facets of this game, obviously, because he has Rodgers, too. Uh, and like you said, tough defense. Who's he going to go to now? I don't know. Um, let's go ahead and lock Spross. All right. Got him locked in for you. Uh, you know, the, the next, the next set of games aren't necessarily as appealing in terms of, you know, talent versus talent, but we do have, you know, someone that battles back and forth and that is Steve mandatory black blowy against bad gay booby. This is, a, this is a big matchup in terms of rivalry, I would say. So that's why I have this one queued up next. And this one is yours. Yeah, Brent. Look, I <laughs> look. I pick against myself practically every week. Like it's it's obviously it's it's nothing personal when I pick for or against you. The commission probably does take it personally when we pick against him. 
Um, but look, he's just not having a marquee banner year for himself. Um, you know, he gets a lot of players back um, from by. I think he's going to have a nice week this week. Like, I, honestly, you had what he's been under 110 points for five games or something was a stat you threw out earlier in the show. Sure. I think I think this guy can put up 125, 130 this week. But Durazio is just he's just blowing up week after week. I mean, there's basically no slowing this guy down. I like pretty much all of his matchups this week. You know, I don't. I don't really – we joke about the CBS projections. <laughs> I don't really put too much stock in those. But Durazio's in the mid-130s. That's a pretty healthy CBS projection. And I agree with their take that I think he's going to have a pretty strong weekend this weekend. I'm going to take Durazio in this matchup. Yeah, I think Durazio is pretty much the easy pick here. I mean, look at Booby's starting running backs here. We have Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle, let's, let's see what he's done. He's had negative .9, 11. 4.2 and 0.4. Uh, so that's that's a starting running back in in this guy's lineup. And then we have Damian Williams. So like that's going against Dalvin Cook. I mean Dalvin Cook is probably going to double or triple them on his own in this matchup. And you know, I think you know Herbert's his big weapon, but when you know when when you have a quarterback and that's your big weapon and you're going against someone who is Kyler Murray, it's kind of a wash. So I think this is a pretty easy game to pick here. And I'm going to have to go with Durazio as well. All right. So we agree. We agree with the last two. Disagreed on the first two. Agree with the last two. Who's next? All right. The next game we have is, you know, we, there was a sponsor about this matchup. It's PRB and the Weasel. I, that was, <laughs> I'm going to have to play a clip from that sponsor. Uh, but that was, that was a film we have coming out this year, the, the, the love affair that PRB has for the Weasel and his voice. But you know what? You know, we haven't heard yet this year. We're eight weeks in. What haven't we heard, Jay? Oh, I don't I don't know, Brent. We haven't heard the weasel call in once, right? Oh, that's yeah, that's a good that's a good point. I don't I don't think we we have we do not have a single call and we do have obviously his little Kuiper breakdown in Booty's theater after the draft. But that's that, that's really the only time we've heard his voice. PRB, I mean, what is this dude jerking it to? He hasn't heard Tucci's voice all year on the feedback corner. I mean, what's what gives Tucci? PRB must be so thirsty to hear his voice. You know, like he's he's probably he's probably very desperate right now, and just you know, weaselly. You're gonna have to call him up on the phone so he can hear your voice. But I don't know. In this matchup, I, I, you know, <laughs> this is mine to pick, Jay. And you know, I love doing this. I've done it probably like two or three times, but. You know, I don't even have to necessarily go through the matchups as much, even though I do. But, I, you know, PRB made a trade. He gets that Deontay Johnson into his lineup. And I think that that's going to be enough to uh, – I'm just going to lock him in. Yep, I'm locking him in over the weasel. Yeah, I was certainly looking at this one for my lock, Brent. I think I've already used PRB, though, um, which is why I had to pull a little swap there with Spross. Um, and I actually had Russ picked initially, but luckily – the uh, the Lazard thing kind of did push me in the in the opposite direction, but I agree. This is to me, this is lock ish to me. I mean, I don't see and look, Tucci is just on a downward spiraling descent into the toilet right now. I don't think there's anything to be said about him. But PRB, look, this guy has now two, three wins maybe with around 105 points or less, and he might get another one this week, and he's gonna get his record to four and four. It's incredible. He takes exception to me saying that he's lucky. Brent, these are some lucky matchups. 
Yeah, he's definitely getting the, the benefit of some some low scoring wins this year, and you know they're they're definitely fraudulent wins. And I don't think he would he would call them anything else. You know, he's not out there, you know, pumping his chest like some people do about the fraudulent wins. He's he's out there saying he doesn't really like his team this year. So I you know can't really beat him up too bad because he's kind of owning it. You know, so depending on what happens here, if he puts up like 125 points and and gets to four and four. Like, this cat, like, very well might be on the cusp of the playing game. We'll have to see what happens, but it's possible. That's true. I mean, he is definitely scraping and clawing his way there. He, he scraped and clawed his way out of the toilet bowl and left Weasel down there, circling the very bottom depths of it. So, like I said, I'm locking him in, and you're picking PRB here, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah, we both have PRB here. All right. Next game on the slate, we have another toilet bowl team. Actually, it's a toilet bowl versus toilet bowl currently. And it's Schwarz versus Bags. Wow, I guess this is my mine to lead off with, Brent. Um, and this is, to say the least, a very poopy matchup. Um, I mean, th- I I don't even know what to do with this one. Th- this is basically like uh, yours and yours and Frank's. I honestly, I might as well just flip a coin for that one. Uh, I mean, it just seems like Bags is just not going in the right direction. I mean, Schwarz though too. Hey, this is just hey, these teams are just so bad looking. I, 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 fuck it, I'm gonna go. Schwartz is not updated his lineup. Obviously, uh, Sanders is is hurt. Uh, he's gonna slide someone in there. Uh, I'm gonna pick Schwartz. He still is higher than Bags in scoring. At least he's only one and six. I think he's gonna find a way to to sneak a win in here and move to two and six. Yeah, you know, like you said, this is like a coin flip or like a game, like a kids game. I think it's like pin the tail on the donkey you know you close your eyes and and stick the pin in and see where it goes and if i were to play that game right now i'm gonna pin the tail on the dong oh okay. dong bags you see where okay. i did there i did okay all right so, so you've got you've got the dong and i've got hey stinky one of the worst <laughs> names <I've seen. laughs> uh wait what was that i'm sorry hey stinky um yeah, pretty bad, Brent. So, okay, so we're dissenting on this. So we've now we have, uh, I think we have three differences this this week. We do, we do. We're racking up the differences. Could be a big swing week in terms of the as in terms of the picks. Uh, we don't only have one matchup left here, and that is our interviewee this this episode, Barco going against Never Nude Stover, Princess Barfo. In this one, you know, this this was. Uh, Tougher game to pick than I expected it to be, you know, because Barco has some tough bye weeks here. He has Lamar on bye. He has Marquise Brown on bye. And, you know, who's he going to plug into those spots? The, the options aren't really that great. So while, I, well, you know, on paper looking at this, I'm like, oh, this is a Barco game. Let's just let's just pick Barco here. But, uh, you know, not so fast. Kenneth Gainwell on Stover's side with, like you said, the Miles Sanders injury. Gainwell's kind of like thrust into a bigger role here. And, you know, I, tough game to pick. You know, I had Barco written down. And after looking at this matchup, I'm like, wishy-washy. I'm going to stick with my gut and go Barco. Let's, let's go ahead and rack up a fourth difference of the week, Brent. Because I don't like what I'm seeing with these bye weeks here. Um, and Stover's been, he's got some really bad games here in a row now. Ultimately, I think he's going to get finally, I think he's going to get like a bigger performance this week. Um, 
obviously his quarterback situation is not great right now either, uh, even though Barco's got Lamar on a bye. But I think, you know, Barco's trending in the right direction. I actually was I was very conflicted over this game, but ultimately I'm going to go with Stover to, to somehow, you know, scrap together a victory here. Another difference in, in the picks. This is going to be an exciting, thrilling, just spectacular week. I am looking forward to all of the weird shit that goes on in the NFL during Halloween week and in Stinky this week as well. Unbelievable, Brent. It's been a jam-packed edition, a spectacular special edition of the Stinky Cast this week. I mean, I know this is your favorite episode of the year. It damn well might be mine as well. Uh, you know, I wish uh, everybody good luck this week in their matchups. Hopefully there's no bad judo going on for anybody. Hopefully no injuries. Uh, many thanks, speaking of which, to our two new sponsors. Many thanks to Barco for joining us on the Sneaky Hotline uh, this week. And I am excited to see these marquee matchups, Brent. Good luck, obviously, you and Frank head-to-head. Uh, you know, me and TJ, it's going to be a hell of a week on the field. And all of Stinky Nation can catch up with you and I and review the week that was next week. Same Stinky time, same Stinky channel. Until then, though, Stinky Nation, good night now. The last fire will rise behind those eyes. Black house.